Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another digital citizen. My name is Fro. I'm here with Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Hello. Should we say hi to Caitlin as well? Hi, Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin yeah. B, who just friend requested me on Facebook. If you're listening to this, mm -hmm. I don't know why you would mm -hmm. be, but it's possible. <laughs> I mean, why else should, would she contact you after all these years? I don't know. Just because you're su a super famous. Uh, we were really good friends for a long time. It was one of these people that like you meet. I met her at work, and she, we were really good friends mm -hmm. for like a while, for like years, and then we just I moved. I moved away is what it was. I moved away, and mm -hmm. then we. We talked for, you know, oh, a year or so, and then, you know, slowly distanced, and we haven't talked in, like, I don't know, maybe a few years, and it's one of, you know, it's cool to, like, reconnect with people sometimes that you haven't seen in a really long time. I mean, I don't know if mm -hmm. you've had anything like that r recently. Actually, I know you've had something like that recently, <laughs> but it wasn't in a positive way. It was in a more of a negative sense. <laughs> I was just going to say you know about that. <laughs> it can be positive or it can be negative. Now that I think about it. Uh, we're never ever going to tell that story. No, but it, it is. It is true though. Like you, when people yes. get in contact with you that you haven't seen in a while, it can be, either be like, "Oh, awesome," or it can be like, "Do I really want to?" Go down this rabbit hole of this person that I ne didn't necessarily have a great time with to begin with. Right. I had somebody get a hold of me that, that was like that—a friend from like high school who he was—he was this guy who seemingly every time something went wrong, he was around, right? And mm -hmm. it was one of those people that's like, okay, I need to cut this person out of my life because every time something happens that's bad, they're there—they're part of the—they're part of the issue, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. uh, that person has tried to go get a hold of me multiple times over the last, whatever, 15 years. And I've always just been like, no, <laughs> just wall up. Like, no, you're, you're not getting back in to this uh, territory. Thank you very much. This is my territory. <laughs> I mean, they got to do that with certain people in your life, I think. It's just, uh, it's, I, it's not being mean. mean. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's mean. I think it's self-preservation sometimes, right? For your own mental health and yeah. things, yeah. Yeah. And you, it kind of feels yeah. mean at the time, but when you think about it, it's like self, uh, self-help. It's, it's more like keeping yourself sane, other than trying to make somebody else sad or whatever. Yeah. I had a self-help uh, day yesterday. I am very, very, very happy that we didn't record yesterday. Because then I would just be tired and I just felt shit. <laughs> like, out of nowhere, for no particular reason, I just felt extremely shit. Huh. Bad weather by any chance? Because sometimes that'll do it. You know, you just... No. Okay. It's just like, I know from... So, uh, I, I usually have four depression periods of my life. Okay. And it's definitely from, from summer to spring, from spring to autumn... 
No, sorry. Some, from, from, let's take that one more time in the correct order, maybe. From winter to spring, from spring to uh, summer, and from summer to autumn, and from autumn to uh, winter. So the whole year then, is what you're describing. No, no, no. I, I, the transition. <laughs> right, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the <laughs> yeah, I'm depressed. Three hundred. Right, exactly. That's kind of what it yeah. sounded like for a second. Yeah, no, I meant the transition period. Right, exactly. Between those, yeah. Especially so, um, for me, well, this time of year, especially, mm. yeah. You know, I'm very, I'm very sensitive to uh, big changes in temperature. That's one of the things I'm very sensitive to. And also how much light there is I think outside. It, yeah, it's the light for me. When, like, mm-hmm. it starts to get really gray and, like, kind of overcast and kind of what people call it kind of gross or, like, it's it's depressing, you know? Even in movies, when you want a scene to be, like, a depressing scene, you make it overcast and cloudy and, you know, it's like... It's a me- mentally we are conditioned to feel that way about that type of weather. And you can even mm. just see that within like cinem- the cinematic universe. Directors are like, uh, if we want a really sad scene, we'll have everything be gray and dark and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's true. Maybe you just don't have enough school spirit, Fro. <laughs> I was watching a British movie that we'll talk about in the movie round, and they were talking about uh-huh. school spirit. And I was like, is that a, a thing that happens anywhere else other than America? But it was a British no. movie. Is a British movie, and they were saying, like, oh, we just need more school spirit. It, so maybe in yeah, England they do that, but cares. in Norway, do they, it, when you're at nope. school, do they, when I was in high school, we had the uh, spirit rallies where they would get right. all the students together and, like, cheer, I don't know, the school? It was like to pump up people before the football game or whatever, like that yeah. weekend. I was wondering if that happened in Norway or whether school spirit was, like, not a thing. Nah. No. No. Yeah. I was assuming. Like, I saw this in a British thing, and I was like, this doesn't even feel British. This feels like an American made a British <laughs> American. movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in the in the movie round, again. Spirit, here we go. Jump, jump. Yeah, yeah, no. I think yeah, uh, because there are no school teams in soccer. Uh uh, suckers are 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 based on where you come from. So, for example, Lillehammer has a team in football. I think they're in the. Well, I was talking about American sixth. football, but yeah, yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, uh but uh, in American football, there it's based on the high school, or it's it's not based on on placement of. Uh, well, this uh, in this movie, this British movie, they weren't even talking about sports at all. They were talking mm-hmm. about school spirit in the sense of like the prom, where everybody gets together at the end of the year and they go to the prom and like everybody they they wanted. Is th- there prom in the UK? That's what I, I was like. I don't under like this movie must have been made by Americans, Never heard of it. I, right? I'll we'll talk about it in the movie round, but like. I should ask very, it, Tilly about that. Oh, well, they probably have something like it, right? Like something, you know, an end of the year dance or whatever. I'm not. I'm not surprised. Oh, we had by an that. end of the year. Oh, we had an end of the like semester. Yeah. No, we had so uh, on on what we call youth school in Norway. That is like the three years we had it uh, at the end of those three years. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's well, right. Or four years in America. Some, some schools are different. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But in this movie, they were talking about school spirit in the sense that, like, yeah, no. Uh, if if you don't have enough school spirit, we can't go, we can't have a prom because everybody's going to be not happy. Oh my enough. God! What? You ju- uh, I know what movie you see you saw. <laughs> you just figured it out. Yes, I just figured it out. Uh, <laughs> did you watch Why it? You watch- yes. Why did you watch a musical? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I didn't know it was a musical. I just went, I read uh, the description and I started watching it. And then I actually fast forwarded through all the mu- musical. I fast forwarded through all the singing. So, uh, and only, okay. So the whole movie, that's the whole well, movie is a musical. More well, no, 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 <laughs> more or less. Right. There was still a uh, very, uh, did you feel like it was made by an American? I guess we'll talk about it in the movie. Right? Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about things that have been made in America. Uh, drones. Drones are made in America. Uh, tell me about the little drone strike. Well, I feel like we talked about this last week, uh, saying, or maybe even the last two weeks we've talked about this drone strike um, that, that killed uh, innocent civilians in Afghanistan. Well, now the U.S. has admitted that... The drone last month killed as many as 10 civilians. Mm. The U.S. military on Friday is apologizing for what it called a tragic mistake. Uh, see, this is one of those... It, it, is it a mistake if you lie and then tell the truth afterwards? <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Pentagon yes. had said on the August 29th to strike against a suicide bomber who posed an imminent threat to the U.S. troops at a, an airport. Uh, as they withdraw, as they were withdrawing from Afghanistan, even as reports of civilian cam- casualties emerge, U.S. generals had described the attack as righteous in quotes. Mm. Uh, but the New York Times, as we said last week, came out with an investigation. The investigation now concludes the strike was a tragic mistake. Uh, who is this from? General McKenzie. Uh, Frank McKenzie from the Marine Corps. So. Mm. Hoo-yah. Uh So, yeah, the confirmation of civilian deaths pro- provides further fuel to critics uh, of the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think this has anything to do with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I think this puts into question, like, all the other times we've drone bombed people and whether they were quote unquote, as he said, righteous in my mind, right? Yeah, no, I'm not sure it's righteous to kill anybody, to be honest. Especially with just a, a robot. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I can see better. there are certain. Oh, right, you, you say that, like, there's never any righteous time to kill some. But there, but there is. If somebody pulls oh, yeah, a gun yeah, on you and they're about to shoot you or some or your family members sure. standing at, yeah, then you shoot back. That's a righteous, sure. Shooting uh, ten people with a robot from uh, thousands of miles away, sitting inside of a computer lab, not necessarily righteous in my mind. <laughs> I don't know if you remember a movie, I think it was a build in the 80s or the 90s, where the whole plot of the movie was that uh, the government tricked uh, kids to believe that they were playing a video game, but they were really shooting real people. Yeah, Robin Williams in Toys. 
<laughs> is that what you're talking about or not? Yeah, yes. Because that is the plot of toys, is that, that is the plot they're of tricking toys. kids yeah. into using video games yeah. and training them using video games to the re- be The reason be why I said pilots, it like right? that, yeah, because I said it like that is because you sent me a thing from toys this week, that is why. Oh, did I? Okay, I don't... I yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we were watching the TV show this weekend. It's very yes. toy, toy-esque, yeah. It is very toy-esque, but yeah, no. But yeah, no, it, it always reminds me of those things. Like, how, when... Does, does a killing feel... Does it go into your soul if you kill people, like, from 60 miles away? Or do you, like, think, oh, it's just a... Video game is that what you tell yourself? Well, like how do you get remember Daniel Hale, the drone pilot who came out and yeah. was the whistleblower who said I was disturbed when I saw on my screen that this drone that I was pilot piloting killed a little kid, and I had to be right. a whistleblower and say this is not right. So yeah, I do. I yeah, it does affect these guys. Um, maybe not in the same way as if you were to face to face kill somebody, but it still affects them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if some of these drone pilots have PTSD and other things. No, that wouldn't surprise me. Either. Right, yeah, totally. Who else did a tragic mistake? Uh, Prince Andrew did a very tragic mistake, according to himself. Right, another story we've been following for the last three weeks, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Prince Andrew ha- has officially been served with a sexual assault lawsuit in the United States by lawyers for Virginia Gouffre in a filing in the U.S. District Court in Manhattan. Uh, Virginia Gouffre's lawyers said they sent the civil law to- lawsuit to Prince Andrew's Los Angeles-based lawyer, okay, uh, by email <laughs> and FedEx. Both copies had been received on Monday morning. Under federal rules, the Duke of York has 21 days to respond or could face a default judgment in the case. Gouffre's lawyer previously said they also served Andrew, who is the Queen's second son, uh, in Britain, which is that that's what we were talking about. They served him like in England and he denied that they ever served him. That's the thing we've been talking about for two weeks. Now they've served his lawyer in L.A. uh, and Mm -hmm. that has has been received on Monday. Um Andrew and his lawyers have denied Gouffre's claims. Uh, his lawyer, Brettler, did not respond for a request for comment, and there was no comment from the Prince's London legal team as well. So, You know, the best strategy here is to shut the fuck up. Probably. Uh, oh, shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, um, yeah. I don't know, though, because... Hiding doesn't make you look any less guilty, right? So I don't sure, think there's any it's... good good way to go about this other than just like trying to be transparent, which is what I would think, unless he knows he's guilty and then he would do this, right? But he's probably guilty. That's my point. There was a lot of talk this week, like in between when we talked about it last week and this happening on Monday, there was a lot of talk mm-hmm. as to whether... It was all going to get blown under the rug because maybe the prince was going to uh, settle out of court and that maybe he'd pay her off, right? That was a, There was a big question as to whether that would happen. Um, and this going through shows us that that probably isn't going to be the case. So, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy that that isn't the case because that 
That would make me very angry. But it would also kind of be like, oh, he clearly is guilty. <laughs> if you're paying off the person, sure. all right, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, do you think this is ever going to go to trial, Luke? It's a good question. Right. Because um, you still could, they still could settle out of court. It's very possible. Sure. I yeah. think she, just I mean, as a as point of principle, probably wants to see it go to court to try to get some... Hopefully. Uh, ...justice for her and other victims of Jeffrey Epstein, specifically. Mm. Not necessarily just the Prince Andrew stuff, but... He's the one that's left alive, right? So he's the... Uh, and Ghislaine Maxwell, who is still in jail. And we're waiting for her trial. Um, but these are some of the more prominent names to to put out there to get justice for these people who were who were hurt by the this whole cabal of elite maniacs, right? Yeah, no, no, that is kind of what I want to get through. It's like I will never ever, I will never ever say it's wrong to uh, uh, settle out of court, but I do hope that it, it comes to a point where that is impossible for people like Prince Andrew because I think he's guilty as hell, and I will always believe that. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't, I mean, I'm not going to assign guilt, it's just, uh, him, the things he, the way he's going about this whole lawsuit, um, implies guilt for sure. No, 100%. If he was open and honest about everything and was just like, okay, yeah, I have nothing to hide, that would show mm -hmm. innocence to me, but hiding it and hiding out and avoiding being, uh, served, those things show uh, some implicit guilt to me. Not necessarily that it's guilty, but it shows implicit guilt. Uh, we have talked about uh, the Russia scandal since it came out, Russiagate. Uh, and uh, we have talked about people being indicted for things. Uh, but, uh, yeah. A lawyer that uh, represented Clinton campaign is now indicted in the Russian probe. This is Kind of, uh, I'm going to guess this is hard to swallow for some. Uh, it's it's a you know it's a weird story. But I feel like we haven't yeah. talked at all about Russia Gate in a long time. I feel like the basically the whole mainstream media has stopped talking about it. I don't know if Thank that's God. how it is. That how it is in Norway? I don't want to like put words yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, doesn't hurt me anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's funny that it was such a big deal right up until Donald Trump's right. out of office, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, let's avoid talking about that now that Robert Mueller came out and said that none of it was true. Um, mm -hmm. A cybersecurity attorney known for his work with advising the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign was indicted on Thursday for lying to the FBI. Okay. Uh, what did he lie to them about then? Uh, Michael Sussman, a former partner with Perkins Coy, who represented the DNC and Clinton campaign in the connections with the Russian hack of the organizations, is accused of making false statements during a meeting with the FBI. It marks the second criminal case uh, since 
the 2019 investigation begin into the pro uh, probing into the Trump Russia contacts, uh, meaning like the F they're they're investigating whether Trump Russia actually was ever a thing. That's an investigation mm -hmm. that's currently happening right now. Mm -hmm. Under President Joe Biden's administration, he has allowed uh, Durham to continue his work as a special counsel. Indictment accuse, the indictment accuses Sussman of falsely telling the FBI he did not re represent any client when he met them to give them white papers and other data, uh, other data and files containing evidence of questionable cyber links between the Trump Organization and a Russian bank. A Russian bank. Okay. The indictment alleges that Sussman turned over information not as a good citizen, but as an attorney representing both U.S. technology executives, an internet company, and Clinton's presidential campaign. Uh, right, so... Yeah. Um, what this is saying is that he... The whole beginning of the Russiagate thing specifically started with this guy and uh, talking to the FBI about the Trump connections with this thing called Alpha Bank. Uh, mm -hmm. The New York, New York Times later reported that the FBI's investigation into Alpha Bank Trump connections in October 2016, uh, a probe that in the indictment says was sparked by Sussman in September 2016, meeting with the FBI. The indictment alleges that some of the materials Sussman handed over the FBI included a paper that was prepared by an investigative firm. Well, what was that investigative firm, Fro? It's one that we've heard of before. It was Fusion GPS. Hmm. Fusion that GPS, a Washington... familiar. A Washington-based firm that hired Christopher Steele to conduct opposition research on behalf oh, yeah. of the Clinton campaign. The Steele dossier hmm. that we know of uh, went on to produce... Uh, Steele went on to produce this 35-page dossier, uh... Which, of course, has been proven false. A spokesman for yeah. Fus Fusion GPS declined to comment, as did Steele. Uh, neither of these two have been accused of wrongdoing. Um, but it turns out that at the beginning of all this, it was like there was this whole thing that, especially the Republican side saying, and a lot of people in the anti-Russiagate left saying that, it seems like this Fusion GPS, these Fusion GPS people were just all working for the Clinton campaign to make Donald Trump look bad, and that it was all just opposition research, right. um, being funded by the Clinton campaign. Uh, mm. But they said that that was completely untrue. Uh, but now we're seeing that that they even their the lawyer for the Clinton campaign lied about the information he gave to the FBI. He lied to them because it came from Fusion GPS, which would connect back to him working with the Clinton campaign, which would show that he had a bias to make Trump look bad because he was on the opposite side, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> and I'll just prove once, once and for all in my eyes that uh, this is a great big witch hunt Right, again, I'll, I'll repeat, this is from uh, a Reuters article, all right, uh, I'll repeat what it says here. The indictment alleges that Sussman turned over information not as a good citizen, but as an attorney representing the Clinton presidential campaign. 
That's what it. Mm-hmm. That's what this indictment alleges. So. Yeah, that's uh, and uh, to be honest, that's probably true. It looks very true. I mean, the we knew up until this point that the dossier was complete bunk and bullshit. Uh, that was made what? clear in the Mueller report. Um, in mm-hmm. the uh, redacted stuff after the initial release, we found that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now to see that not only was that not uh, credible, the person who gave it to the FBI lied and said that they weren't doing it for other purposes. He said, oh, I'm just doing this because I... I I'm worried about the I'm safety. Nice. Yeah, the <laughs> safety of the of America's like sec- the security of America or whatever. But when really he had other reasons, and it was to make Donald Trump look bad to try to help mm. the Hillary Clinton campaign, right? Yeah, that uh, that smells a little suspicious uh, to me, at least. You would think this would be bigger news in America after five years of this whole nonsense being, you know. Uh, peddled, but we'll just move on to Gabby Petito or whatever, so it's fine. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Pentagon ask 2.9 service uh, members uh, about the Havana syndrome. This is uh, also such an interesting thing that we have followed for a long time. It seems to be really ramping up this week. Uh, the Pentagon is asking 2.9 million service members and contractors to come forward if they have uh, symptoms of Havana Syndrome. Uh, the Defense Department has asked all military service members, civilian officials, and contractors to report of any symptoms related to Havana Syndrome. The New York Times reported that it sent a message signed by the Defense Secretary to 2.9 million service members and civilians asking them to report of any symptoms. More than 200 Americans across the world have been infected, the Times reported. I don't think that's the correct word usage. Not really infected, no. Well, maybe. I mean, we don't really know what Havana Syndrome is. But up till now, everything we've heard is it's some type of energy weapon. And that's not like you don't get infected by crickets. Well, maybe you get infected by crickets. Yeah, who knows? Uh, the, The memo was sent as part of an effort to get more information about incidents and also to figure out who or what is responsible for these attacks. Theories have included... Uh, have included from pesticides all the way to a microwave weapon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've never heard the pesticides theory. Uh, have heard the pests theory, but never the pesticides theory. I do think we covered it not that long time ago. Maybe I'm remembering correctly. Well, maybe we covered it. No, I just don't remember. But pesticides. Hmm. Okay. You know, I mean, it could be in the water and get it that way, so... Yeah, but it would just... It's strange because, hap, like you said, 200 cases all around the world, and this one including a brand new case, CIA officer suffers Havana Syndrome in India. For, mm. A U.S. intelligence officer su- suffered symptoms linked to a series of su- suspected attacks known as Havana Syndrome while traveling with the CIA director William Burns in India this month. Uh, experts are processing 
uh, are in the process of verifying the symptoms which are consistent with those of other cases linked to Havana syndrome in, cur- in oh in recent years. Uh, defense. How much do you? Go th- ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, how much do you think this is could be some kind of placebo? <sighs> That's a good question. Whether it's like all these people are just jet lagged and they just yeah. happen to right. This, this I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's this is all being studied whether it's actually happening or not. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, I don't. I think uh, nobody's lying here. Uh, just to be clear of that, I think this is a strange, a strange, strange phenomenon. I really believe that. I find this a little strange that the you this. It, the CIA agent was traveling with the CIA director, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't they target the CIA director? Why would they target this, like, lackey? Yeah, random lackey. Right. Yeah. Uh, right, it says it's unclear whether the officer was targeted, targeted because he was traveling with uh, CIA director Burns or whether... Oh, oh who has ordered an agency-wide review of attacks? Um... The CIA has declined for uh, has declined to comment on the case. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a, a running theme here in our news this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really help the speculation around the problem, does it? Well, I think all the whole government is kind. Of, well, in seemingly the U.S. government is all going. What the fuck is this? Yeah. It could be that they are actually not aware of what it is. I mean, that could be. It's possible, or they're the ones doing it. There's that that possibility also. Yeah. Uh, Israel uh, killed Iran's top nuclear scientist with a remote sniper rifle. We talked about this already. At the time, there was speculation that Israel had snuck a... A robot sniper rifle, like in a truck, uh, like in the back of a truck, they had hit it on the side of the road and then murdered this guy with it. Uh, we didn't know if that was 100% true or not, but that's what everybody on the scene was talking about. Now, uh, Israeli agents killed a top nuclear scientist la- la- oh, late last year using a remote-controlled machine gun and AI, according to new reports from the New York Times. Mm. In Iranian intelligence knew the attack was likely on the day of the killing on November 27th. The man insisted he'd drive his wife to their vacation home. Uh, though security measures were in place to protect him along the way, these, an, oh, an Israeli assassin was able to identify and, assa- and assassinate him from a thousand miles away using a satellite-controlled machine gun capable of shooting 600 rounds per minute. That is pretty far away. Uh, this general has been a top target for Israel for more than a decade as the country viewed him as the leader of Iran's clandestine efforts uh, to build uh, nuclear weapons. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. This is Israeli agents uh, rushed to carry out the assassination late last year after... 
then Joe Biden promised he would return into the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. Israeli worried that the Biden administration would oppose the assassination as it could further hamper negotiations with Iran. So they were like, we got to kill this guy before Joe Biden gets in. Trump, Trump's not going to bother us if we, <laughs> bother us if, we if we murder somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's saying more about Trump maybe than anything else, I guess. Oh, and they just ha got a new president as well, right? Israel just got a yeah. brand new um, leader. And so uh, this was all done under uh, BB uh, Netanyahu, who was not a great guy mm. to begin with, right? So Awful person, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a, it's a interesting story to say it that way. I think uh, I think it proves once and for all that we have to stop killing people remotely. Jesus Christ! Right, this Go goes kind of goes back to the drone story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. some interesting uh, details about this story is that they didn't just like drive this weapon into the country. They mm. brought in it, brought it in piece by piece, and then assembled it inside of Iran. That way, they could avoid detection. So they like mm. brought in pieces of of this uh, AI powered machine gun, piece by piece, assembled it in the country. That way they would avoid uh, the Iranian government noticing that it was going across the border. Uh, and then it was set to self destruct, like the weapon itself, after it killed, after it assassinated this guy. But the, it failed to self destruct itself, and that's the only reason we know that this happened is because the bomb that was set to self-destruct the assassination weapon failed. So that's super interesting. <laughs> it's also a little like... Yeah, no. It, it, uh, uh, it's a weird story. It reminds me of... What was that? There was a Bruce Willis movie called Jackal. You remember yes, it? I do remember that. And too. in the back... he had In the very end of that movie, he uses a computer-controlled machine gun out of the back of a truck. And that movie probably came out mm. in, like, the 90s, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Anyway, uh, I didn't believe this when I read it, but there is a submarine crisis. Really? Well, it's kind of a diplomatic crisis, not a submarine crisis, right? Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron will speak in the coming days with Joe Biden in their first contact since major diplomatic crisis erupted between both France and the United States over a submarine deal with Australia. Uh, this mm -hmm. came out Sunday. A phone call is at the request of Biden uh, government spokesman Gabriel Attell, adding there was shock and anger at first in France over this new deal between the U.S. and Australia, uh, but now it's time to move forward. Uh, what France is now calling a grave crisis erupted all of a sudden. Uh, surprised, uh, oh, a surprise end to a 2016 contract worth six sixty-six billion dollars between France and Australia to build twelve submarines. Instead, Australia signed on with the United States and Britain for an eight nuclear-powered oh for eight nuclear-powered submarines. France insists it was not informed of this deal, and they kind of just mm. got left out of the deal. Hmm. That's weird. 
the deal by the United States reflects the American pivots towards the Indo-Pacific region as an increasingly strategic... Oh, as it... As an... As in... Increasingly strategic as China bolsters its influence there. So this is all us uh. trying to uh, posture against China. Ah. Dangerous, dangerous China. Don't be, don't forget to be very afraid of China and Russia, everybody. Right, and maybe, I don't know, India is right there, so be afraid of India, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, India is also very scary. France is also scary, I mean, they almost took your freedom fries and called them something else. I know, yeah, we invented yeah. French fries, not... <laughs> the French. No, no, no. You have the freedom fries. Right. Come on. Nobody's ever, like, put potatoes in f oil before, so. N never, never, ever. Uh, so, let's uh, talk about something a little fun. Uh, the world's whitest paint might eliminate air conditioning. Right. Uh... The whitest paint in the world has been created at a lab in Purdue University. A paint so white that it could eventually reduce or eliminate the need for air conditioning. Uh, this paint has made it into Guinness World Book of Records as the whitest paint ever. Um, yeah, why would scientists do this? It turns out breaking the world record wasn't the goal of the researchers. They start. Uh, this is a quote. We When we started this project about seven years ago, we had saving energy and fighting climate change in mind as the reason to start this project. Uh, a professor of mechanical engineering, Zinglao Rayan, uh, said in a statement, mm. the idea was to make paint that would reflect sunlight away from buildings. Making the paint uh, so reflective, however, also made it really white, according to the university. The paint reflects 98.1% of all solar radiation while also emitting infrared heat. Because the paint absorbs less heat from the sun than it emits, the surface coat, uh, a surface coated with this paint is cooled below the surrounding temperature without consuming any any electrical power. Ah. Mm. That is freaking cool. It says using this new paint to cover a roof area of about a thousand square feet could result in the cooling power of 10 kilowatts. Uh, they say, uh, this is a quote, that's more powerful than an air conditioner used by most res uh, residential homes. Okay. Hmm. So like that's equivalent to like a thousand watt air conditioner. Yeah. Which is like pretty standard, like one of those ones you see that's in like somebody's window. You know the ones that like hang mm -hmm. out of your. Most of those are like a thousand, fifteen hundred watts. So. So here's my question: Would you paint with us inside, to make it cool? Inside, I think the idea is to put yeah. it on the outside to reflect the, the sun. So you'd paint your house with it. Yeah, I understand that. Oh, okay. Uh, would it also help if you painted with us outside, inside? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. Or would that hurt it because it would be reflecting like the heat from the inside and keep the heat yeah. inside? I don't know. Uh, I want to. Like, could you paint your car with it and then not have to use the air conditioning in your car? <laughs> that would be cool. 
right? Because I, I yeah. saw a guy yeah. paint. There was a YouTube video I saw. I don't know, probably last year sometime. There's that black, that black that's like the blackest black. Uh, I think it's called Vanta, Vanta black. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a guy who painted a car with that. <laughs> Strange. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk a little about the war uh, because we don't get outside of that. Uh, former Iraq veteran Mike Pricer. Uh, calls out George W. Bush uh, because George W. Bush has been very active uh, talking about uh, the Iran war that he more or less started. The Afghanistan war. Not, I understand. Right. Afghanistan, sorry? Iraq. Yeah, Afghan. Right, you yes. said Iran, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. No, we were just talking about Iran, so I understand why you made yeah, the mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But George W. Bush lately, if you haven't noticed, has kind of been on like a rehabilitation tour. He's going around talking yeah. to people. He's been on a lot of uh, CNN, MSNBC talk shows and kind of getting press, positive press. People being like, oh, especially during the Trump administration, him being anti-Trump all of a sudden made mm-hmm. George W. Bush a good guy. Remember? I do remember Which, that, yeah. George W. Bush, not a good guy. He is a war criminal. We should not be treating this guy like he's a positive force. But they're trying to rehabilitate him and bring him back into, like, I guess, polite society. I'll say that in air quotes, even though uh, he did some horrible, horrible things. Uh, And this guy, who is a former Iraq war veteran, George W. Bush was in L.A. doing a speech uh, on this kind of, like, rehabilitation tour. And this was a protester at one of those speeches. So give me a countdown whenever you're ready. In three, two, one, play. Mr. Bush, when are you going to apologize for the million Iraqis that are dead because you lied? You lied about weapons of mass destruction. You lied about connections to 9-11. You lied about Iraq being attacked. You sent me to Iraq. You sent me to Iraq in 2003. My friends are dead. Joshua Castile. You you killed people. You lied. You lied about... Okay, now people are literally trying to drag this man out of the... (laughs) out of the hall. Now security has shown up. Big security guard dudes. Yeah. He's not wrong, though. If you go back and listen to it really closely, actually, you'll hear uh, George W. Bush say, uh, sit down and behave yourself to this man. Mm. That That's what he's... Just sit down and behave yourself. I murdered mil- like a, a million Iraqi innocent people, but sit down and behave yourself. Why, do, mm. why don't you sit down and behave yourself and sit down and stop being in the public eye if you don't want us to criticize you? Yeah, uh, remember last week when we had uh, the Norwegian election look? I do. Yeah, we said uh, that uh, one of the reasons why we thought uh, Trond wouldn't tell the truth was because of the Norwegian election. On a scale from 1 to 12, well, where 12 is extremely right, how tw- uh, right were we? Uh, that he was was busy with uh, election stuff uh, i guess mm-hmm. 12 <laughs> yeah because uh, he is, uh, is saying no which election is over and he's fucking angry this is trump trump tells the truth 
I was off last week because I was very tired. My job and election, yeah, we had a parliament election last week in Norway. Well, yes, we did. So I am fucking tired. I'm tired like fuck. Before we we're gonna do a good election this year, the Green Party I belong to, but we didn't. Well, we got a little better the last time, but we failed. And when I saw the failure of my party, it was much I can see what Democrats do all the time. They're not making a case for ordinary working people. Yeah, when you work, when you are a full-time politician and college student who knows everything in this world, world, you have to understand people who are working every day. When we have an election party, Harry uh, Bergen for the Green Party, it was a little bit strange, because with the same company I work for, who also stood for security, I was serving drinks. Yeah. We don't know all the things that happen in, in daily life, who makes us can do all the things we do. We be activists and so on. There are people working for that happen. We didn't connect with the people. We had a good case when you saw the UN's report. We have not much time to do something about the environment, but still, we didn't win the election. We hope that something else can happen in Germany. But something did happen. The left strengthens a lot. Yeah, you should think about it in a country of Norway where all the people are rich and a lot of money is flowing and the welfare is good. You thought maybe, yeah, left parties is something of the past because we've got more moderate at the time. But the hardcore left well, did uh, come in with a lot of representatives. The gap between the rich and poor has also grown in Norway because of a conservative government. The cut in benefits for the people on the bottom and cut in the taxes for the rich on the top has always been a, a deal breaker that conservatives make us believe will work for everybody's interest. It only works for the people on the top's interest. When people on the on the bottom get welfare they always have to be perfect do no mistakes they're gonna put you're gonna put to work we're gonna little demands on you well a lot of rich people wanted corona support well the millions of millions of coroners was there for them yeah they got rich and rich and rich and the people on the bottom get poor 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 a lot of people have lost their faith in this version of capitalism because you know it's the next their generation growing up is not getting their fair share this is the generation conflict the last generation who fought to get a big piece of the pie did get it now they don't want to share this is a, a revolution we have to take seriously I grow tired of capitalism in this form I'm tired of commercials I've tired of McDonald's. I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. It bores the fucking living shit out of me. I want a society that I don't have that much, but I can manage. Live more, use less. A new kind of lifestyle. And people said, yeah, but that will make the companies go under and so on and so on. And so let it be. We have all we need in the world. But we don't share with each other. 
when Bezos and billionaires can compete about who's traveling the biggest dick ship to space, they can feed all the world today if they want to. They have the money to, to support every solution there is to save the environment. They don't want to. The richest people have all that. But they want everyone else to pay for it. They are willing to let the world go under as large as they can keep their big pie for themselves. That's fucking selfish, that's bullshit, and we need a fucking revolution. I'm nearly now 46, uh, 46 years old, and I'm not going to get less angry over the years. I'm going to get more angry, and I'm going to make more bigger podcasts than this, bigger segments, bigger, harder statements. Because you can't sleep anymore. The time for politeness is fucking over. It's time to take what is ours and time to make some people pay so we can get a world to be a better place. This is Trump. Trump tells the truth. Yeah, that was uh, Trump telling the truth about the Norwegian election. I had a little hunch that he wasn't very satisfied. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because Trump is the one that always tells us, like, you know, you gotta, it's incremental, you gotta just wait and build and build and build, yeah. and, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe we just need to say that back to him, and, uh... <laughs> just have to wait. Well, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a process. Yeah, it's a process. It is. Uh, TV, I have seen so much TV, it's not even funny. Uh, before we go into that, I have a little ant antidote? No, a little story. So I was talking to my dad uh, this week and uh, he asked me like, okay, so what about this TV show? Have you seen the end of that? And I was like, no. Uh, what about this TV show? Have you seen the end of that? And uh, goes, no, no. But you, you said it was so, so good. And I go, I really don't have time right now to see more TV. It's like I'm, I have too much TV to watch. It's like it's impossible to keep up. The only with some TV when shows. we watch so many new shows is the thing. If yeah. you have to pick the ones that you want to actually co like complete, um, yeah. And for me, it is very rare to find one that I just want to watch the whole thing through. Um, mm. And sometimes it's like. I'll go back and watch. Actually, there's one thing I'll even talk about this week where I didn't watch any of the first bit of it, but then binged like the whole season. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So. Mm. Anyway, let's I, begin. I think that's also kind of a a thing about the new age of television and, and you know the online pl uh, streaming services and everything is you can do that. Is you is you can I'll start not watch any of the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then binge it all in one day, like I did. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, when also, when the series finale comes out, as you go, yeah. oh, that happened, I'm going to watch the entire thing right now. And I did. Mm -hmm. I watched the whole thing in one day. And it, I yeah. didn't even feel, like, stressed about it or anything. It was super easy. And some shows just come like that, you know? Some shows you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I just want to keep watching this. And the other shows you're like, I could... I could... I could watch more of it, or I could move on to something else, and maybe that'll be better. So, yeah. Uh, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. I gave it an 8, I, I think. Uh, as a Very good. Yeah. As a deja vu finale, because I feel like we've already mm -hmm. done this twice, but... 
I liked the Deja Vu finale, though. It was funny. Remember it when it was cancelled, yeah. and then it came back? And I feel like yep. that finale was not as good as... I think this finale was a better finale than the fake or finale two seasons ago, or three seasons this ago, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Because they were able to bring back a lot of the people that they weren't able to bring back in that season. The reason they canceled mm -hmm. that season is a lot of the characters left, or the reason they were going to get canceled, and then were brought back, is a lot of the characters left, mm -hmm. uh, specifically Gina, right, was the one that left. And then in mm -hmm. this very final episode of this season, uh, we get a cameo, so it all kind of wraps back around. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, it stayed funny to the end, so overall, what'd you give it? Like, I said an 8. I would give it a 7.5, yeah. I was giving it for, like, just this season, I guess. I mean, what... Oh, sneezes. What would you think, like, uh, the show all together? It's a little weird, because it, Sorry. like, halfway ended at one point, and then came back, but yeah. as a show all together, I think... I would give it an 8.5. It's one of those shows that I could go back and watch again. What about... What do you think? Yeah, no. I, I would give it a, all over. I would give it an 8. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something that this new generation, like, this generation uh, generation is going to remember and be like, when they're older, are going to go mm. to their kids and say, oh, you never saw Brooklyn Nine-Nine? That was so good. Yeah. It was totally yeah. promoting... Uh, police as uh, being jokesters, but sure. <laughs> Let's talk about something that wasn't that good that I was looking actually forward to. Ordinary Joe. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you know, this was when, when I say, like, network television shows, we kind of yeah, reference, yeah. like, shows and we go, yeah. it's kind of very yeah. network TV. Mm. Well, go this ahead and end this. Prime, <laughs> yeah, this is the prime example of that. This is uh, this is what I would uh, if if anybody like looked that uh, up in the dictionary, this is what they would see. Yeah, no, this show was terrible. Uh, it wasn't like it wasn't bad in the way that the acting was bad. I do think the acting of the main this is maybe my my biggest flaw with this whole thing. The main character in his three different roles are no not distinct enough. What do you mean he's wearing glasses in one? And the other one, he's got like a... <laughs> he's got a five o'clock shadow and he's the rock star. Those Stop. are like... You're right. <laughs> yeah. So different. Right, it really yeah, isn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that is... Maybe... <laughs> fuck it. That was my biggest problem. <laughs> this was... Uh, that was your problem, biggest problem? Yeah. I actually... I thought the... The acting was, you know, network TV level acting... I had a problem with the uh, the way they just seemed to not give a shit about continuity. Specifically... Oh, they didn't care one bit. There's one point in this where... The, actually, it's the very beginning of the first episode where she's... Mm. Uh, he, the main character, meets this girl at their high school graduation. How old are these two at their at their oh no their college graduation how old do yeah. they look at their college graduation maybe 40 30, 35 yeah, 30, 40, yeah right yeah. uh they're not college age kids at this that you clearly no. like they didn't even try to de-age them at all or make put any makeup they just look the same yeah. as they do in the rest of the series and then there's one part that made me laugh so hard i 
you I don't you probably didn't even notice this. There's a scene where they're all uh, eating at the table, and mm-hmm. he goes to he looks at his dad and he says, "Just keep eating that pizza, Dad." Did you remember the scene at all? You probably don't mm-hmm. even remember mm-hmm. the scene. No. Right. What was wrong with the scene? Well, everybody at the table is eating lasagna. Nobody even has <laughs> pizza. So it's like they wrote the line and then they they like went to order pizza and they're like we don't we can't get pizza. So they just went and got lasagna and kept the line in. It was so funny to me to see them fuck up that badly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh and the other thing is like like I said, network TV-wise, oh, it was like was, the network people were like, okay, we have three shows that we do all the time <laughs> that people time, watch. Yeah. We, yeah, do, yeah. we do uh, network shows about hospitals, we do network yeah. shows about cops, and we do network yeah. shows about people who want to be rock stars. Yeah. How do we combine those shows all into one show? <laughs> <laughs> and they came up with this. I gave it a 3.5. I gave it a 3. Oh, okay. I'm nicer than you. I oh, okay. And you, uh, well, you had a little more higher expectation than me, baby, too, as well. I I did. Yeah, I had it on my list of things I was actually looking forward to because I I thought this would at least try to get me to cry. Oh, see, I like the uh, parallel universe concept. The concept of parallel mm. universes is interesting to me. It this was not executed well, though. Uh, that's that's one uh, way of. Saying One way of yes. saying it? Yes. Uh, okay, what did I see? Uh, oh, I watched Bear Grylls. What was this Bear Grylls thing? Uh, uh, caught in the cold weather. Brr. That is what it's called. Is it? Brr, it's cold outside. And I've and I've lost, lost my, my, my memory. memory. Right. Yes. Uh, so Bear, it's the new Bear Grylls interactive show. Um, I think this is the best of them, to be honest. I think this is uh, the best of the three that I've I actually, seen. I think the last two are kind of equal to me. The first one was bad because you couldn't fail. Right. There was no way this one you, can. you can fail. The next one you definitely could fail. And this one, it felt it's more interesting. Like, the concept of him being... Uh, oh, it's called Out Cold. That's what it's called. Because, yeah, right, he has like amnesia. I, said, brr, I think oh, the... Yeah. The amnesia thing is interesting because it gives you a reason to be making the decisions. Is because yes, he doesn't, and that's right. what I like about right. it. That's pretty yeah. cool. I like that. Um, I I feel like uh, maybe Ordinary Joe should have been an interactive show, <laughs> and that would have made it more interesting. Is that crazy? Yeah. Where no, you could have picked, like, because in the the Ordinary Joe thing, it's like, you he's picking these paths by, like, meeting these women, specifically, mm. but what if you got to pick those paths, right? That would be way, I think Ordinary Joe would be better as an interactive type Netflix show than it would have been as the show <laughs> it is. But You vs. Yeah. Wild, Out Cold, I gave a, I'll give it a five, right in the middle. It's, it's fun. I feel like Netflix, is they must be sitting on some huge interactive show that's going to come out. Oh, yeah. Right? Because... I mean, Bandersnatch was so good, and they haven't done anything with the concept, really. Other than this. Other than Bear Grylls. Yeah. Yeah. You said there was a Smurfs one or something like that? I mean, they've done a lot of kids ones that are for, like, young 
like very young kids, but Bandersnatch type demographic, they really haven't done anything with that uh, since Bandersnatch was so good. It's just it's confused. I mean, I know it's probably very difficult to come up with, but like like I said, if you took a concept like Ordinary Joe, it, that's very yeah. easily adapted to uh, making an interactive type Bandersnatch show. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the best show both of us saw this week. NCIS Hawaii. I'm totally kidding, by the way. Right. Uh, it is so good. Uh, so it is the first case is is kind of interesting. I mean, we see Hawaii and all of a sudden, like into a mountain, smashes this like uh, uh, what could you call it, bomber. Uh, oh, what, uh, is? Uh, what is it? Fighter jet. Fighter jet. There yeah, you thank go. You. Uh, but yeah, and that is how we meet meet the team, uh, leaded by this very strong uh, woman called Jane. Uh, and uh, do you recognize any of these people? Uh, the one computer dude. I know I've seen him him in things. Yeah, me too. Uh. I couldn't. I could not tell you what he was in, but he's he's like one of those actors that you've seen in things. The CIA agent lady, the blonde lady, I've mm. definitely seen her in things as well. But I couldn't even. But it's like yeah, it, it's those kind of things. Uh, but yeah, very where, like standard. you've seen them in things. Yeah. Yeah. Very standard. Very NCIS. I am not going to bother. I am going to see two episodes and I'm out. So I can say that I have seen two episodes and I'm out. But a uh, very very standard. Uh, I I got Magnum PI vibes, like they were going for Magnum PI. Yeah. Like I like the new Magnum PI, and if this show feels yeah. like, oh, we're just gonna take the concept of Magnum PI and just toss the NCIS like label on it logo. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I gave it a four. It was it was definitely better than. I gave it a three. Yeah. It was pretty bad. There were some serious issues with the acting is mostly the problem. Your next one? Uh, Our Kind of People? Did you see this? Yeah. This was good. Um, I like this. I did not think the... I thought the acting in this was also bad. Really? I yeah. like this. Uh, I thought the story was very interesting, but... Morris... What is it? Maurice Chestnut? Yeah. His, his the way he plays a rich guy is the f- fakest, silliest thing ever. He's like, "Hello, I am a rich man. How are you doing today?" <laughs> He's like, "Why are you talking like that, bro?" <laughs> yeah, it's just very overacted yeah. and silly. Maybe that. I mean, and he wasn't the only one. That some of the characters are just very overacted and silly. And there's something. Mm, very strange about this show being on Fox, also. Mm. Right. So, uh, yeah, I thought the acting was bad. The concept is kind of interesting. It's about, uh, I guess it's about two f- two families, right? But mm-hmm. one family used to live in this neighborhood, and their mother, I believe, was like a very prominent figure in the area. Uh, but then, like, something went wrong that we don't actually know about in this first episode yet. But there's this other family that became, like, the very prominent, rich family of the area. Uh, and this woman comes back into town to kind of um, try to reclaim her family's former glory in the town? Is that 
kind of what it's about? I don't know. You want to try sure, to describe sure. it? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Right. And so it seems like over the course of this, the, the two main matriarchs, the one matriarch of the one family and the matriarch of the other family are both going to kind of butt heads over the course of this show uh, yeah. to see who wins. But then it, mm, should I go with what? Yeah, I'll say what happens at the end of the first episode is they kind of make a deal, right? They're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, we're yeah. going to battle with each other, but maybe before we actually butt heads ourselves, we should take out these other people first. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I think this was better than your standard uh, TV show, to be honest. I I think I think I liked it more than you, because uh, when I w- went into this, I knew absolutely nothing about it at all. Oh, yeah, me neither. Uh, I, all I knew yeah. was Maurice Tresnell was in it. That's all I knew about it when I went into it. Okay, I didn't even know that. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I, I just watched it. And I. Uh, it's not like it's my best show of the year candidate or anything. No. But I, I liked it. I, I liked it enough to give it a 5. See, I gave it a 4.5. So we are still yeah. very close. I just thought the acting had a lot to be desired. <laughs> I, I, it sure. wasn't even like bad. It was just overacted. It was like they overemphasized all the like traits of these characters. Like I said, he's the rich guy, but he's like acting way too snobby rich. Like it's fake snobby rich, right? Uh, did you see Moonshine Look? Uh, no. Okay, this is a drama comedy. Uh about the Finley Collins, uh, they are like a very dysfunctional clan of very like kind of adult siblings that are uh, fighting for uh, the business uh, and uh, it is called the moonshine and it's kind of this summer sorts uh, and uh, it's also a very much uh, show about lost legacy and lobster what (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i actually like this this is on a cbc in canada oh okay sure canadian show uh the two first episodes are out i give it a 5.5 okay uh i saw the premise with bj novak Oh, you sure did. Which is an anthology show, which I already not a fan of anthology shows. <laughs> um, this and this was show. not a great anthology th- show. No. Uh, the concept is an anthology show. I mean, that's the concept. It's like each episode is nothing to do with e- every other episode. Like usually an anthology show, though, will be like science fiction. Or yeah, it'll it'll have like yeah. connecting plot. Yes. Uh, concepts or like each one is a sci-fi thing yeah. or each one is a horror thing or each one yeah they yeah. they're similar genres this is like everyone is like totally a separate thing right <sighs> so weird but they're trying to each episode is also i guess each episode does kind of maybe the concept is each episode covers a different social issue maybe that mm. could be a way to connect them all is like uh, the first one is covering uh, racism, right? And then there's like mm-hmm. one that's about like social justice, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, 
I'm sure each one covers like a different kind of topic like that, but they don't feel connected in the same way like most uh, anthology shows feel connected. I don't know. Did you feel that way about it? Uh, yeah, I didn't feel any connection. I didn't really understand why this was there. It, it felt very like, oh, we have this small ideas about uh, what the show should be about, and it feels like a mumbled mess. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody wrote a bunch of short stories, and they didn't yep. really have like a concept of how to connect them all, and then they just... Yeah, film them, and then we're like, (laughs) "I'm a fan of BJ Novak. Let's have him just introduce stuff. He doesn't really. He's not like in anything. He's just like the host, right? He's Uh not in the story. No, right. So I, him as the host didn't really. I didn't think you needed a host. I think they just have him there because he's like a name. That's it. So I gave this a. Oh, I didn't give it a score. Would you give it? I guess because I didn't give it a score yet. I give it a three point five. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on the same boat as you. Three point five. Wow, this TV this week was not great, was it? <laughs> well, there are some good things that I haven't talked about, but okay. uh, I'm saving I'm saving that. Uh, the Big Leap, look, this was on Fox. Yes, I saw this. Uh, this is a show about a very diverse group of very out of their luck characters attempting to. Uh, participate in a very strange reality show where uh, they build up to the live production of the Swan Lake. Uh, I didn't think this was scripted. <laughs> the first first time I, I, I heard about this. Oh, like, when you heard I it. I thought you meant like after you watched no, it. No, okay. no, no, no. I was like, when you I couldn't have possibly... Oh yeah, no, no, no. When I saw it, I I saw it was scripted, but I I thought this was actually going to be a reality show. It's not. Oh no, absolutely not. This no. It's a show, right? It's a show about a group of people who want to go on a reality show, and mm-hmm. at least in the first episode, there's a very strange like m- some kind of mystical thing happening where they're all like, <laughs> I don't know, God is like. Telling them all to go on a reality yeah. show or something, yeah. right? Or like yeah. Yeah. some kind of like uh, spiritual journey. This reality show that's like a Fox reality <laughs> show is some kind of spiritual journey for them. Even though then we get to see the background behind the scenes of the reality show. And the, the guy who's running it is clearly a huge asshole uh, <laughs> and doesn't have any of their actual... Uh, what what's the word? They're all there to like improve their lives, and he's clearly there to ruin them, right? Especially <laughs> at the end, we find out the main character. He his whole purpose is to like make her life difficult and make her life hard for TV to make good TV, right? Mm. Um, the concept is is that they're all going on a dance competition, right? <laughs> and all and there's. We kind of have our one main character, but then there's, what, five other mm-hmm. dancers in the reality show that are also, char- like, kind of main characters, they're side characters. But then in the reality show itself, there's also all these other contestants that, like, mm-hmm. we don't really know who they are. They're just there, <laughs> right? And, and how did they show up there? It's like, they showed up with, like, absolutely no, like... A connection to the people that we were following. And for some reason, they have this one character who's like the stripper lady. It's like, yes. okay, you're there. 
we have no character buildup for you. And then yeah. at the end of the first episode, we were showed we're shown that like in the montage bit at the end that she's a she's gonna be an important character. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah. Uh. So fucking witch. Uh, what did I? I gave this um. I gave it a four. I thought it was better than it. like ordinary Joe. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. It all. This was another one that felt weird being on Fox to me. But. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Uh, the Harper House. We talk, I talked about that last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Animated series. What was this on? Paramount Plus? Plus. Yeah, Paramount yeah. Plus. Um, it's about a a family who get they what buy a house in a small town, and mm-hmm. they they're kind of oddballs in this town because they move to like a rare rural town, and so they're really weird compared to everybody else there. Uh. It's a, what? It's a sitcom. It's an animated sitcom, very much like a lot of animated sitcoms. I gave it a 6.5. I enjoyed it. Jason Lee is very funny in it, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, this is actually maybe one of my favorite sitcoms in quite a long. Uh, it helped that it was animated, so I I didn't really have to think about that. But, uh, you know, I really like this. Uh, I gave it actually a 7. I I really did laugh. I, yeah, I laughed quite a few times. That's yeah. important, and I watched most of it already, actually. So, okay, uh, something I didn't laugh that much of was impeachment, American uh, crime story, season three. The three first episodes are out of that. Uh, did you watch this? No. Oh, I don't. Cool. Oh, it's the it's the thing about uh, Bill Hillary Clinton. Clinton, Bill Clinton, Bl- Bill yeah. Clinton, and Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, is Monica yeah. involved in this? Yes. Okay, I was gonna say she's, uh, if she's not involved, I I feel like it's bad. But if she's involved, then okay. No, it is, she's involved. It's very critical to Clinton. Uh, I think you should watch this. Look, uh, you'll like it. Uh, I, I really uh, don't give a shit. I'll be totally honest, but. <laughs> okay, I give a shit. I thought it was good. Uh, this is actually my favorite show of the uh, week. I'm going to give it a night. Somebody said this is going to make a sound old, but we are old, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, right. Somebody was talking about nine eleven. How you know it happened? The anniversary twentieth twentieth anniversary. There's like kids who all they remember nine eleven as is like something in a textbook that they learned at school now mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. weird to think about right but it, yeah i know yeah we're old motherfuckers we are old as shit boy um boy yeah that that's dating us right there uh the lost symbol speaking of dated things <laughs> come on i like this dan brown uh right speaking speaking of which we we hear all these things about like oh we uh, Facebook is spreading conspiracy theories. Come on. What about Dan fucking Brown over here? <laughs> spreading conspiracy <laughs> theories. Come on. <laughs> uh, uh, it was fine. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Yeah. It's okay. That, Come on. It, there was something really bad about uh, some of it. The acting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
Acting is under par. Right. Uh, I kind of don't rem. I think I watched this way earlier in the week, and I'm trying to remember like exactly what I, what was uh, going on. In oh, this. the story. Uh, the story is about the. Uh, I almost said Dan Brown there. Uh, this guy uh, played by uh, that other guy. Sorry, uh, my brain uh, as well. Uh, anyway, uh, Langdon uh, comes. Uh, to uh, uh, a country where he is going to hold a speech, uh, and uh, when he comes there, he finds out that the guy that called him to hold the speech is dead, uh, or or at least they find he, a part of his hand pointing up, and uh, Langdon uh, devices like the symbols and things like that. It's very. It's Indiana Jones uh, with, uh, yeah. It's with, young with, Indiana Jones. If anybody ever saw yes. the young in Indiana Jones series, like in the, what, 2000s, I want to say that came mm -hmm. out? Maybe? Late 90s? I don't Something remember. Like that. Uh, it felt very young Indiana Jones to me. Um, mm -hmm. I gave it a, a, I'll give it a 3.5. I don't know. What do you think? Oh. I liked it more than that. Oh, okay. I gave it. A, I liked it until a six, actually. Oh, I just it wasn't engaging to me. I think the the acting really didn't help, but the story itself didn't engage me, and that is really what lost me. So. Well, I'm sure that uh, Chicago Party. What was it called again? Uh, Chicago uh, Party. I don't know. This is a Netflix animated show uh, that came out uh, this week. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find the title. Uh, you can tell them about something else. That was all I saw, I think. Let's see. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah, that was my last thing. Okay. Uh, you told me about this, so I'm very surprised that you don't have it on your list. Uh, well, I didn't see it, obviously. You told me you did, so that's why I watched it, you know, see. Let's see, Chicago... Oh, Chicago Party Aunt. Aunt on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch it. I just said it was on Netflix. I, I didn't say oh, I watched okay. it. Yeah. yeah, so this is about this party aunt called Diane, uh, and she's like this uh, trouble uh, lady that doesn't want to take any... Uh, responsibility for her life, uh, living uh, like on her sister, uh, drinking with her uh, 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 underage uh, uh, nephew. Okay. Uh, things like that. Yeah, being a total douchebag. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, this was supposed to be funny. Uh, I didn't laugh. So it was supposed to be funny, <laughs> right? It was supposed to be funny, but uh, but yeah, no, I saw, I saw three episodes, or actually, I saw two and a half, and I, I went out. So uh, I will give it a three. Yeah, a three. Okay. Uh, I guess the last thing, unless there's anything else you saw. Nope. Oh, there's a new I'm Alex video about the Charlie D'Amelio show on on YouTube. Ooh. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, but the last thing we saw on TV... Oh, sorry. What did you say? Yeah, I'm going to watch that later. Yeah. Uh, 
you're not going to watch the show itself, but you will watch the YouTube videos making fun of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, uh, I'm never going, ever going to watch the show. Uh, but we did watch a show, Squid Game, a Co- South Korean show. Oh, this was good. Uh, re- the first episode, Red Light, Green Light. Hoping to win easy money, a broke and desperate Ji-hun agrees to take part in an enigmatic game. Not long into the first round, unforeseen horrors unfold. That that's yeah, that's what happened. That's one way. That's one way of looking into it. Yeah. Oh, this intro was so good. I got so engaged with this. I really wanted to see the next episode. That's a good sign. Right. Uh, yeah. I def. I felt the same way. I was like, oh. I- yeah. Like after no maybe the next day I was like oh I really want to watch another episode of Squid Game yeah uh, yeah even though we we do it like once a week so it makes it we have to wait or whatever but mm. it's fine uh this first episode at least whatever th- I would say the first half of it is all character development and build up yep. of the story uh yep. until we get to the actual game itself this the mm-hmm. uh, this I guess we'll call it like a a reality show, mm, horror reality show, right? Where when you get eliminated mm-hmm. in this reality show, you actually get eliminated, meaning you die. Uh, but th- th- this is where I think they did something genius. So uh, in the build-up to what's happening that's kind of gruesome, we get a main character that we're not fucking supposed to like. And I love that. We're get- getting a very anti- hero right you 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 uh connect more with the old man uh that has cancer yes. than you do with the main character right yeah like the old man is you want him to win more than anybody else like basically yep. out that are even characters not let alone the main character because we also have like yep. the young girl who's the pickpocket and the gangster mm-hmm. dude who obviously we don't want him to win and right. uh there's the guy who you know, helped our main character also. I don't know how to describe him. He's a... Right, accountant. I guess I'm... He's kind of the only foreigner. He's the only non-South Korean person in the show mm. also, right? So, uh, he, I think, is going to be an... I think over the course of this season, he's going to be an important part just by the fact that he saved our main character in the first episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's yeah. he has to be... Very important to the story in my mind. Um, it's you know Chekhov's gun to a degree. Like, why right. would they do that if if he wasn't important to it? So yeah, uh, and the first episode definitely visually it's pretty amazing. We have this scene where they're so all uh, going from the initial what what do we call it? They all get drugged and put into this, like, warehouse with beds, and they go from mm-hmm. that room into, like, the game room, uh, I guess we'll call it, which is, like, a big giant stadium we find out on an island at the very end. Um, mm-hmm. And this scene where they're walking through this uh, almost MC Escher mixed with the movie Toys with Robin Williams, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. scene is, like... If you if go watch the trailer for Squid Game, you'll get like a little snippet and be able to see what we're talking about. The pastel MC Escher craziness. Uh, that scene in and of itself was like worth watching this episode. You know, I I, I just yeah, I can't say how much I like this. Uh, I I really really wanted to see the next episode. 
I'm thoroughly engaged and I didn't think I would like it as much as I did. I, did, I thought it would be a little over the top uh, a show where they killed people, but that's not really what I'm interested in. There are so many mysteries that I, I want to find out, and that's kind of one of the things I like about the show. Yeah, you like watching the commercial, you'd almost kind of think it was like a saw type thing. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it's definitely not. It's more. Um, the concept is more intellectual than, than a Saw yes. movie or a Hostel yeah. movie or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. This episode would. I'd give it a. I'll give it an 8. I'll give it an 8. Yeah, I will give it an 8.5, even. Okay. Uh, Amy Schumer was not in Squid Game. No. Uh. But she did have is her uterus because... removed. <laughs> I was just going to say, is that because she couldn't be? Yeah. Uh, and her appendix. Well, I guess appendix, that's pretty... St- I mean, lots of people get their appendix out. That's not weird. I have removed... Do you remember when I almost burst my appendix? That was fun. Did you? I-, I still have my appendix. You still have yours, or did you get it... No. You do you remember it? when I went to the hospital? Well, yeah, I do. Uh, I just didn't know if yeah. they actually took it out or not. Oh yeah, yeah, no, they, they did. Took it out. Okay, yeah, yeah. I still have mine, so hopefully that I never have to do that. But uh, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, Amy mm-hmm. Schumer is recovering after undergoing surgery f- to treat endometriosis, uh, and says she had her uterus and appendix removed. Uh, so yeah, hopefully she's feeling better. I feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a. And what is endometriosis? Female reproductive disease which causes abnormal tissue to grow outside of the uterus. Okay, so that's why. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. That's sad. Um, It seems like, I mean, she's posting on Twitter, so it seems like she's not doing too bad, so. She looks like she's taking it with good spirits. Is that what they say? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, hey, the White House uh, confirmed that it offered Nicki Minaj a phone call after the rapper had some vaccine tweets that uh, is fucking hilarious. Well, there were rumors that they had invited her to the White House, and they had said, no, we did not invite her to the White House. Um, <laughs> but we did offer, it says, this is from Jen Psaki. We offered a call with Nicki Minaj and one of our doctors to answer any questions she had about safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. Uh, Saki said this after Minaj made some statements about, what did she say, her cousin's balls got giant? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. She shared an anecdote about an alleged vaccine side effects experienced by her friend, her a friend of her cousins that okay not even her, a friend of her cousins in Trinidad Trinidad and Tobago uh, my cousin in Trinidad won't get a vaccine cuz his friend became impotent his testicles became swollen his friend was weeks away from getting married and now the girl has called off the wedding so just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with the decision and not be bullied talking about taking a vaccine mm. what do you I, oh, man I mean, the the stupid really, it runs deep, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking maybe she got the call and then she, like, sang to them. I just call. 
to say I love you. Did you see the news conference with the health minister of Trinidad and Tobago, though? <laughs> no. Because he, they actually, the country actually had to go out and do research to make sure there wasn't a guy in the country that had giant balls who had gone impotent. And, and so they had to come out and say, like, we now stand in, uh, it says, this is a quote, as we stand now, there is absolutely no reported such side effects or adverse events of testicular swelling in, in Trinidad. Unfortunately, we wasted wow. so much time yesterday running down this false claim. There is no evidence that this ever happened. So. Hmm. That's I'm the funniest part is that said. the country itself had to come out and make an actual statement because of the stupid yeah. Twitter thing. <laughs> My mom always said stupid is a stupid ass. Yeah, that is, that is atrociously stupid. Uh, yeah, uh, there's coming a new TV channel to the UK. I had not heard about this until you sent this to me. Uh, yeah, no, I sent this uh, because I saw this. So it was like... I was uh, reading, I think it was, it was The Guardian, and it was an op opinion piece where they talked about Pierce Morgan being uh, the head of the new TV channel coming to uh, the UK. And I was like, new TV channel coming to the UK? It's called Talk TV. What is it about? Look. Uh, it's a Murdoch-owned company. Yeah. Uh, Woohoo! We love Murdoch. Oh, wait, we don't. It promises that Talk TV will broadcast proper hour news bulletins as well as sports, entertainment, current affairs, debate, opinion, and documentaries. Uh, the Murdoch, with Murdoch announcing Pierce Morgan as the channel's first major hire. Okay, so they're. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's going to be like a right wing, kind of CNN type thing, right? Right. I mean, he got fired from from his last job, more or less, because he he said that Meghan Markle was a bitch. Right. It had to, it had all the, to do with the same thing we talked about last week with the Osborne yeah. Sharon Osborne and why she she was defending him talking about this stuff on her show and she got fired mm -hmm. and so yeah. What, what, good morning, Britain. He was on. Yeah, good yeah. morning, Britain. Yeah. Right. But you know, uh, what else is coming to the channel? What the uh, the sun? But that's just like a yeah. newspaper. So sure. Pluggity plug time. Email uh, another digital citizen at gmail dot com. That's another digital citizen in one word at gmail dot com. You find us at Twitter at PodcastADC, at PodcastADC, and on Facebook, Another Digital Citizen. Uh, some uh, weeks ago, we did uh, the Emmy uh, predictions look. Uh, let's see uh, who of us is uh, worse as, uh, at predicting, I guess. Right, we just did ten of them. We didn't do all of all of them, but ten just random ones, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's start at the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah, outsiding writing for a comedy series that was Hacks, written by Lucia Antilio, Paul D. W. Downs, and Jan Stutsky. Uh, neither of us got a point there. I picked Girls Five Eva, and you picked The Flight Attendant. Outstanding writing for a drama series, The Crown, written by Peter Morgan. I feel like one of us should have picked that, but I picked The Mandalorian Chapter 16, I think because there are multiple ones there, 
And then you pick the boys. Mm-hmm. We're not doing great so far. <laughs> then directing, we have Hacks, directed by Lucia and Tilio. Uh, right, and neither of us got a point there. Uh, I picked Ted Lasso Biscuits, and you picked the flight attendant again. Outstanding directing for Drama Series, The Crown, directed by Jessica Hobbs. And the first point for me right there, I got the, I picked The Crown, and you picked uh, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Then we have a supporting oh, wait. performance. Nope, so, nope, yeah. nope. I didn't get a point because nope. there were two The Crowns on here, and I had picked ah. the other The Crown. Okay. Ah. Sorry, my bad. Uh-huh. I, lo- I, I looked at it, and then I was like, wait, did, but this says, okay, yeah. So no points there. I, I picked the wrong episode. Okay. Let's see if we get any points. At all. This. <laughs> at all. <laughs> because me and Luke have not looked at this before we do this. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, supporting uh, performance, outstanding supporting acting in comedy, Brett Goldstein as uh, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Oh, and you got a point there. So, I had picked... Hey. What did I pick? Jeremy Swift for Ted Lasso. So, we both picked the same show, but you picked the right person. Yeah. Then, outstanding supporting actress in the comedy series, Hannah uh, Wed- Weddingham as Rebecca Wilton on Ted Lasso. No points for us there. You got... or I picked uh, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso. Uh, and you had picked Kate McKinnon for AO, uh, SNL. I almost said AOL. I don't know why. A- a- AOL. <laughs> she was on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> uh, then we have acting, lead performances. Outstanding lead actor in the comedy series. I went to Ted Lasso as Ted Lasso on Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. We both got a point there. Uh, so. Yeah. Outstanding uh, actress in the comedy series, Jean Smart as Deborah Vance on Hacks. Yeah, no points there. Uh, Hacks is doing pretty well, seemingly. Uh, you had picked Kaylee Coco, and I had picked yep. Tracy Ellis Ross. So. Mm. Then we go to programs, outstanding comedy series. Uh, the winner is Ted Lasso. And I got a point there. You had picked Emily in Paris? Yeah, <laughs> to be a contrarian for some reason. Uh, outstanding drama series, The Crown. And you had picked Bridgerton, and I had picked The Crown, which is a big hey. com- comeback win by one point for me. <laughs> we didn't really do three. great at picking it to begin <laughs> like any of this. So All three points went to Luke, to, to me. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I will tell you uh, the winners. Uh, it was, of course, uh, was very good. Uh, but yeah, Ted Lasso won very much prizes. It was like not even funny. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, also, Handmaid's Tale was nominated for twenty one awards, but did not win any. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, the Crown won. All seven drama categories, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Lasso established a new record by becoming the most nominated comedy series uh, in history. Also, that's that's so pretty. Th- yeah, that, I mean, obviously, that's why they won so yeah. many awards because they got nominated so many times. Yeah. Hey, 
why are conservative groups uh, angry at AOC? Right, the Met Gala. Uh, it's the Met Gala. I don't know why people give a shit about this, but it's just kind of like a way for rich people to show off their m money and like out, like show off out their weird outfits. But it's also kind of for a good cause because it like helps fund the museum itself or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's a little, it's like, it's kind of cringy, but at the same time, it's mm, good because it's like a char charitable thing for the museum. I don't know. What do you think about the Met Gala in a, in and of itself? I couldn't give two shits. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez showed up in a tax the rich dress, uh, mm -hmm. of course, getting a little bit of flack for that, for going to uh, an event that costs around $35,000 per table mm -hmm. uh, in a designer dress that says tax the rich, right? I don't know, what do you th I, I have two, I have two th different thoughts on this, but what do you, what do you think about the tax the rich uh i i i think i think it's her way of protesting but i also think it fails because of where she did it so it's kind of like yeah i see your point but <laughs> you yeah paid exactly. a lot of money to make this point you're kind of like you're rich yourself so yeah right well i guess we don't necessarily know that she herself paid for it but uh I mean, somebody paid for her to go, uh, obviously. Um, I guess I heard a point made where it's kind of like, if she did go and she didn't do the... If she didn't, she just went with a normal dress, she also would have still gotten shit. So the only way to really mm -hmm. have this uh, work out for her was just not to go at all. But at the same time, it is like a charity event for like a, a museum, right? So the money does go to, like, a charitable thing. So it's not like they're spending $35,000 on these tables and it's not helping anything or helping anybody, right? It's a charity. So there's also that. So it's a weird... Sure. Yeah. I, I feel a little, like... Yeah, I feel a little trapped in this question because I like AOC. I really do. But it's, like... I feel like this was kind of, like... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess from. people are mad at her because she's socialist, and then she's going to, like, this expensive event or whatever. But I, I guess they're missing the point that the expensive event itself is, like, funding a museum. And what is more socialist than funding a museum? Right? <laughs> Live in Norway is more socialist. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess. Well, you guys probably fund yeah. the shit out of your museums over there, so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Our our, uh, our museums are built with gold everywhere. Yeah, maybe not. I don't Everybody know. Are museums crap? I I don't know. You're like I, I don't go to I don't go to museums. Nobody fucking goes go to, to museums. museums. <laughs> right? Should we even be funding this museum? Does anybody even give a shit about a museum? Nobody. Nobody cares. <laughs> Oh look at my artsy partsy poof! <laughs> I, I think like I, I don't know. I I so right now is uh, so once a year this there is this like big uh, thing in Oslo called uh, the Autumn uh, uh, Art Collection uh, show off, and that is like it's 
every fucking year it's talked about in the media. Okay. Because it's so controversial. Because people are sending out in pictures. Anonymous. And there's this anonymous uh, group of people that decides who gets into the museum. And this year, one of our most known artists in, like, all of Norwegian history didn't get into the... Uh, the autumn collection is like st stop discussing this incredibly nobody cares about thing like it's so artsy partsy fartsy and i could not give two shits well somebody cares uh somewhere otherwise they wouldn't be talking about it i guess uh maybe you should just drink some liquor fro some black ah. irish liquor uh, yeah, is this Mariah Carey's new liquor? Right, uh, it, but you can't buy it in Ireland, apparently, even though it's Irish liquor, which is kind of... Mm. Uh, it's not ironic. She announced this new liquor brand last month, saying it was called Black Irish, in a nod to her father, who was black, and her mother's Irish heritage, but at, for, at least for now, she can't sell it in Ireland or the rest of the European Union. Uh... Carrie's line of Irish cream liquor has been locked in a dispute with uh, Darker Still Spirits and an, Ir an Irish liquor company that has owned Black Irish European trademark since 2015. Uh, so it's like a trademark thing. She, they, she can't sell it anywhere there because they own, already own the trademark to that name. Okay. Mm. That's just funny that you name it Black Irish and you didn't go like, oh, well, am I going to be able to sell this in Ireland even though I'm calling it Irish liquor? Right. Right. Yeah, that is uh, a little ironic. Well, look, have you ever had time to see a movie? Because I've seen two. I've seen some movies. I saw one. Uh, I've saw six movies, so I'll start. Holy uh, moly! I saw Dark Web Cicada three three zero one, which came out okay. earlier this year. Did you ever see this? No. I know we talked about it, uh, like, Cicada 3301 back in the day on the podcast. I do remember that. You remember yeah. that. Okay. Well, this is, like, a 2001 really crappy, like, weird uh, movie kind of related to it. Like, it's a guy who somehow is slightly involved in Cicada 3301, but it's like an action mm. movie. Uh, I guess the one kind of saving grace of this film is probably Ron Funches, who is very funny, if you know him. Don't think I do. Uh, you probably know him if you saw him. He's a comedian. He's He's been in a lot of things okay. that you would probably have seen him in. Uh, the whole thing is kind of just weird, uh, because like they want to connect it back to the original concept of Cicada 3301, but it ends up just being this like almost comedy action movie. I don't know. What I gave it a... Um, I'll, I'll give it a four. Uh, I was expecting, like, a serious, like, hacker movie. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, hmm. dark web, Cicada 3301, and it turned into this, like, right. weird comedy action movie. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'd I almost recommend it just because it's so strange. Hmm. Uh, should I do another one? Yeah. I saw Chaos Walking, which I think you saw way long uh, ago. Yeah. Ugh, ugh. Uh, this is a movie about, uh, where the human race is, what, in, 
is going across the galaxy looking for other planets to inhabit uh, for some reason. We don't really know why. This has got Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley and who else is mm-hmm. Nick Jonas is in this? Right. Um, but on this one planet, for some reason, when they arrive on this planet, all the men's thoughts can be heard and they call it the noise. Mm-hmm. And so all the men have like the noise and uh, all their thoughts can be heard. Um I don't know. I kind of liked the way the I liked the ending. The acting through most of this movie is god awful, um, but the ending was kind of interesting. So overall, I'll give it a, uh, a two point five. I guess pretty bad, but I kind of liked the ending. Okay, uh, I saw Dare Evan Hansen uh, for some reason. Somebody has leaked leaked it before it came out uh, uh, to the cinemas. Huh, okay. Uh, or maybe it came out yeah. in some random country already. Maybe, but uh, I saw it. Uh, I very much uh, liked it. I mean, I'm a fan of musicals. Uh, it's not the best musical I saw this this week, but uh, we will talk about that later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, I think I will give it a f- six... I had a weird idea. Well, I'll talk about the other musical I saw, and then I'll say it. Uh, I saw a musical called Everybody... Everybody's Talking About Jamie, right? Jamie, yeah. British movie. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not expecting this to... I guess I didn't really look too much into it. I just saw, like, the thing, like, the description (laughs) of it, and I did not really read that it was a musical or anything. I was like, Mm. that sounds kind of interesting. Got a young kid trying to, like, go through school and also become a drag queen you know kind of dealing with the bullying and everything and it was like okay but then it ended up being this weird like i wouldn't say musical musical it just kind of cut into musical bits randomly right so it's it like it wasn't like full on the whole thing was this all music like you know cats or something like that right um, so in that way, I was able to fast forward through the music parts, and then fo- I completely followed the story and understood what was going on without. Sure, but right. I will say it's ninety percent of the movie is a musical. So. No, oh no, I wouldn't even say that. Uh, um. I mean, most of the, I actually wrote down some of the musical bits because this is what I was going to say. What would be fun is if you recommended some musical that we agree on, and I'll break down the whole movie. I'll fast forward through all the parts, but I will figure out exactly what percentage of the movie is movie and what percentage is musical. But we gotta, we'll gotta okay. figure out like a movie, like some new movie that's coming sure. out that we can do, yeah. Uh, that, that could be fun for a future show. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would love to do that. Because when I was watching this going into it, I was like, I kind of wanted to start writing down exactly. And I did start, but then I, I gave up partway through, so... Uh. But yeah, most of the musical yeah. bits when I look when I'm looking back at what I did write down were only like a few minute, two to three minutes long each, like song length. They weren't like giant lengthy uh, song bits. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think of this movie? Like I said, it's about a kid coming of age. Uh, he wants to be a drag queen, right? And uh, yep. but he's a high school kid, so his friends are make some of his friends make fun of him, or I guess they're not really his friends. But in the end, everything turns out fine. Uh, yeah, what do you think? I loved it. I really, really loved it. Uh, good message, good music, uh, good acting. Uh, I digged it. Uh, yeah, I will give it a seven. 
I gave it a 4.5. I thought the acting was pretty average. I thought uh, some of the... uh, like I said at the, at the beginning of the podcast, it felt very. It didn't. It felt very like Americanized, right? It mm. didn't like there were all these things in it that are like, are those? Um, that's like an Amer. That's like an American ideal of things to do. Not like uh, in the past uh, other movies like this that I've seen. It's like not quite as British or whatever. Specifically, like I was saying, like. Uh, school spirit and things like that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe school spirit's a big thing. Uh, I've just never seen that in, like, what I've seen of British culture. I'll have to ask Tilly, I guess. Cool. Uh, what else did you see? Um, oh, I saw Pig, which I know you saw. Yeah. A while ago. I really with loved the, Pig. I really loved Pig. Uh, why can I not remember his name? Nicolas Cage. Probably mm-hmm. the best Nicolas Cage movie in a long time, right? I would say. In many years, yeah. Uh filmed in Portland, Oregon, so it was, I lived there for a few years, so it's cool to see, like, some of the spots, like, you know, when you're watching a movie, and you're like, oh, I've been there, or I've been, you know, that's always fun to do when you're watching a film, but mm-hmm. let alone that this movie is just really amazing, like, uh, you think it's like, I don't want to ruin anything, but at the beginning, you, you assume that this is some kind of revenge film for one reason, mm-hmm. but it's a revenge <laughs> film for like a reason that a you, different yeah, that you wouldn't have, ex- well, maybe you would have expected, <laughs> but like not in the way that it turns out um, at the end. And the ending is probably not the ending you were expecting either. Right. Like the, the mm-hmm. ending was surely not, I, I was, you don't get a mm, happy ending. We'll say that uh, it's got 96% on rotten tomatoes and I gave it a nine. I really loved it. It's probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, it's definite. I mean, I don't think I've given a lot of other things a nine. So, uh, should I do another movie that I also gave a nine, but I gave yes. this movie a nine point five? Mm-hmm. So this I thought was even better than that. I'm not sure if you've seen Holler yet. I know we talked about it a while ago. No, I have not. Uh, it's about a young girl who is, she's, like, lives in this really bad town where, like, you know, in, like, the Midwest where jobs are scarce and everybody's hurting and, like, her family doesn't have any money to have her go to college or anything. So she's, like, how am I going to get out of this shit town? So she gets involved in, like, this, uh, what's a good word for it? Illegal scrap metal racket with this crazy dude. Uh, and so it's all about her, like, trying to escape, uh, the city by doing illegal things, I guess. I don't know how to describe it other than that without ruining anything. It's very independent. Like, you can see that this was probably filmed with an actual film camera. Like, there, it's got that very grainy, um, film, uh, quality that is just, I love to see it. Um, it only costs 28 thousand seven hundred dollars to make so super cheap indie made movie uh and at the end it's got this uh, not really twist but the ending is just amazing for for this like i said i'm gonna give this a 9.5 and i would say you need to go see this for sure i'm downloading it as we are speaking to be honest okay uh but what was the last movie you saw with me uh let's see is this the last? Yeah, old, the old ways. 
The Old Ways, yeah. A Spanish horror movie. Right. A demonic possession type horror movie. Mm -hmm. uh, went into this uh, thinking it's probably okay. It's probably okay to watch, to be honest. I, I, I can't recommend it or not to recommend it, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's about this uh, lady that comes uh, to this place where uh, they believe that she's possessed by a demon. And uh, they are pro trying to convince her to, uh, to stay there and get this demon out of her. And she doesn't believe them. That is more or less the... Yeah, that's what we can say. Uh, yeah. The... Um... She, I guess we call it kidnapped in a, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah by, to a by degree. these locals. Uh, yeah, it's a deem. It's it's an exorcism type movie, but in a different setting, other than like the Catholic mm -hmm. Church. Basically, it's exorcist not in the Catholic Church. So, um, I mean, it's fine. I gave it a four point five. I thought it was like, you know, it'll, it's cheesy to a degree. It's got mm -hmm. kind of a fun ending. Uh, a little Love bit predictable. Uh, but yeah, still fun. I gave it a four. Uh, Luke, I know we usually do this in the Jeremy run, but guess what? I found the new Netflix in, uh, uh, thing that they are doing that is interactive. Uh, I found it by mistake. Uh, do you want to guess what it is? Well, I'm looking at the trailer right now, so... Yeah, so it is The New Day are going to surpass The Undertaker's spooky mansion. And it's up to us to choose their fate in this interactive WWE-themed special. I would love okay. to say that this is, is like, Bandersnatch, but I still think this is going for a very young audience, bro. <laughs> I don't think this can't, this counts, but I'll watch it still. Uh, okay, All right. in three, two, one, play. I've spent a lifetime studying the dark arts. What, Ooh. welding? Like, apparently the dark arts is welding, because he was just welding when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> a Netflix interactive film. Okay. Excuse me, uh, Undertaker, it's your boys, the New Day! My They still have, like, this gimmick? Yeah. I haven't watched WWE in a while. Hasn't that gimmick kind of run its course to a degree? Like, how can they still be doing the same? I guess the Undertaker is still doing the same gimmick, right? So. I'm 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 actually looking forward to do, to do this. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be goofy fun. I mean, the New Day yeah. guys are. I think they're funnier, like. Outside of WWE than they are. Undertaker's fog. I ain't touching it. I guess the question is, is it going to be like where you can fail, and, or, or is it going to all just be like a super easy young kid one? Yeah. The choice is yours. All you gotta do is join me. I think you're brave enough to face. <laughs> it looks so goofy. Yeah. I mean, the New Day are goofy, and then you put him next to the Undertaker, who's like being all serious, and it makes it look yeah. hilarious. Escape the Undertaker. Like. It looks very cheesy, though. It looks super cheesy. 
I, I wonder if we will see anybody else in this movie. Uh, oh, I'm sure. It's, yeah, I'm sure there'll be somebody else in there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 going to see this. I am such a. Oh, I didn't I see when October is it coming 5th. out. Okay, yeah. October fifth. Yeah. Okay. It's not not that long. Couple time. weeks. Or, yeah. Yeah. Near ho Halloween. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's watch a trailer. You want to watch a trailer? Yeah, sure. What is the trailer called? Cop shop. I'm invisible. That's where I'm going to be. I got heat all over me. I'm not telling you where I am. Oh. Okay. Well, that, those fire uh, effects were very fake looking. You're under arrest. Those are like super stock explosion yeah. So why were you looking to get locked up, Theodore? Everyone's trying to kill me. Okay, we got Gerard Butler and our favorite Frank Grillo, who's like in every movie ever nowadays. <laughs> What'd you do? Frank Grillo must be like the most busy guy ever. He's just all constantly filming. He never sleeps like this guy. Legendary Bob Vidic. You're a psychopath. I like some Frank Grillo stuff. I just think he's fine. I just... So, he's just in everything. Like, I can't imagine how a person has that many hours in a day to film this many movies and like... Imagine how many scripts he has in his head at one time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, to clarify, mm. I shot him in the head, and then he took that little tumble. I guess most Frank Grillo movies are not exactly uh, script-intensive, mostly. Anthony Lamb. I'm going by the more friendly and less formal Tony these days. Clear off my contract. No can do. This contract is free fire, as there are competing parties for one Theodore Moretto. Bob, are we gonna duel to the death? <laughs> this looks pretty good. Get me out of here. It looks very funny, yeah. Always and only about Teddy. Teddy Moreno's a Here they come. Let's make a deal, man. I got a lot of money. There's no deal to be made. Come on. I'm getting a vibe of a movie I've seen. But I can't put my finger on it. I mean, it reminds me of that casino, like... Lawlessness at Casino Royale, or whatever it was called. Oh, maybe, okay. That was really good. And funny. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, maybe? It's kind of giving me a feel. Now you see the difference? That is a psychopath. So, Luke, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Uh, cop shop. Screaming through the Nevada desert in a bullet-ridden car, wily con artist Ted Moretti, Moretto hatches a plan to hide out from a lethal assassin, Bob, Bob Vidic. He punches rookie officer, a rookie police officer to get himself arrested and locked up in a small-town police station. However, jail can't protect him. As long as Vidic schemes his way into detention, bidding his time in a nearby cell until he can complete his mission. Oh, okay, that that interesting. Mm. Cool. Uh, did you find any reviews of this? I did. I went to IMDb. Um, Roger A. Marsh says, eight out of ten. Great film. Enjoyed seeing it at the cinema. Uh, great plot and good characters, but Martin 
Martimus Ross says, good start, then it spiraled down. Don't bother. This movie got off to a good, very good start, then about 45 minutes in, the dialogue, dialogue became stilted, the acting stiff, and the plot repetitive. The scenario, all the scenarios are contrived to mind... Oh, to my mind, Gerard Butler sabotaged his own movie by being uh, desperate in in grandizing his role without sufficient substance and having the last word all the time. Uh, overall, this is a 5 out of 10 at best, meaning watch it on TV if you really want to. Uh, Diane Paras gave it one star and said, Bro, this might be a good movie, but don't give spoilers. I saw a lot of spoilers on the IMDb too, but like IMDb has this thing where they like, if they see it, they'll hide it. They'll hide the comment and they'll put spo mm. spoilers, blah, blah blah. Click if you if you don't mind or whatever, which is kind of here's cool. me. Yeah, here's maybe my favorite. Patel Accounting gave it one star. There's no cops and nothing to do with shop. Please don't go and waste your money and two and a half hours. Uh. P. Gary says, uh, Grindhouse Pache, this one aims low and hits its target, uh, he says. A Pache of 70s Grindhouse B-movie with lashings of violence, bad dialogue, and ludicrous plot development. Probably the worst Gerard Butler movie ever. Um, must avoid, is what he says. Mm -hmm. Manny Hartley gave it also one star. Very, very, very low budget movie. Large jail with only three prisoners and a few staff. Acting was okay, but... But I don't waste. Uh, but don't waste your money on this one. All right, something else that came out: uh, the Nowhere in Two Creative Forces band. Two creative forces band together to make a documentary about Saint Vincent's music and life. However, they soon discover unpredictable forces lurking within subject and filmmaker that threatens to derail the friendship and the project. Uh, 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, 85% of Google users liked it. Um, let's see. Directed by Bill Benz, starring, who's this? Got Carrie Brownstein, who you'd know if you saw her, uh, mm -hmm. St. Vincent, and Dakota Johnson. Okay. Cool. The Duke, in 1961, a 60-year-old taxi driver steals Goya's portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery in London. He sends ransom knights, saying that he will return the painting if the government invests more in care of the elderly. This has Helen Mirren in it, Matthew Gode, Amy Kelly, and Jane Brodent. Uh, 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% of Google, no, sorry, 81% on Metacritic. A little girl, 8-year-old Sasha, questions her gender and in doing so invokes the sometimes disturbing reactions of society that it's still, that it's still invested in biological boy-girl way of thinking. Um, okay, it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 88% of Google users liked it. Uh, this is a documentary, so it's just got this girl named Sasha as the main character, is what I'm seeing. Hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Cry Macho, a one-time rodeo star and watched up horse breeder in 1978, takes a job from Xbox 
ex-boss to bring the men, uh, man's uh, young man home and away from his alcoholic mom, crossing Rusal, uh, Mexico. Uh, on their way back to Texas, the unlikely pair faces an unexpectedly unspe challenging journey, during which the word-weary horseman uh, find his own sense of redemption through the teaching of the boy that means to be a good man. Directed and with Clint Eastwood, uh, 5.909 in the B. Uh, 55 on Rotten Tomatoes, 59% on Metacritic, and 69 haha number on uh, Google. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't go a single day this week without seeing a commercial for that movie. Uh, and this movie, actually. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. In the 1970s, Tammy Faye Baker and her husband Jim rise to from humble beginnings to create the world's largest religious broadcasting network, and theme park. Tammy Faye becomes legendary for her incredible eyelashes and her idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic singing and her eagerness to embrace, embrace people from all walks of life. I just remember her for her makeup. That's what I remember, but... Yeah. Blue Bayo. Oh, sorry. 7.1 uh, out of 10 so. on IMDb. 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Go ahead. Uh, Blue Bayo, uh, Anthony Blank is Korean uh, adoptee raised in a small town in Luciano Bayo. He, he's married to the love of his life, Kathy, and raising his beloved stepdaughter, Jessie. Struggling to make a better life for his family, he must soon confront the pa uh, ghost of his past after learning that he could be deported from only country that he has ever called home. Directed by Justin Sean, uh, with Justin Sean in it, uh, you would recognize him. Okay. Uh, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on Metacritic, and 88% of Google users like this movie. Uh, collection, a grieving father grapples with his choices in the unforgiving, manipulative world of debt collectors when his new girlfriend turns out to be his firm's next mark. He must decide what's more valuable, true love and happiness, or the biggest hit yet. Uh, directed by Mariana Polka. 4.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 60% of Google users liked it. Starring Alex Pettifer. And now to the movie I want to see. Uh, bestsellers. Uh, Lucy Stan uh, Strandbridge has inherited her father's publishing house, but the ambitious would-be editor has nearly sunk with failing titles. She discovers she owned a book by Harris Shaw, a repulsive, cankerous, boozled, appled author who originally put the company on the map decades earlier. In his last-ditch effort to save it, Lu Lucy and Harris releases his new book and embark on a tour uh, from hell that changes them both in the ways they didn't accept. Directed by uh, Lena Rosler, but it has Michael Caine and Order Plaza in it. Oh. Uh, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 54% on Rotten Tomato, 57% on Metacritic, and 82% of Google users like this movie. 
and finally 23 walks, a couple in their 60s get to know one another over a course of 23 dog walks set against a dramatic background of the changing seasons of one full year. Mm, sounds kind of boring, but could be interesting, I guess. It's a good concept. 5.8 out of 10 mm. on the IMDb, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% of Google users liked it, starring uh, Dave Johns, Allison Stedman. Okay. But uh, yeah, my uh, which one do you want to watch? Mine is best sellers, like I said, and that is because I love Audrey Plaza. Um, I think probably Cop Shop, to be honest, and then maybe mm. uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. I I want to see the Eyes of Tammy Faye just because I know that story is kind of ridiculous. I never heard of it even. Tammy Faye Baker? No. Oh, they were like evangelical. Uh, preachers on the t on TV in like the seventies, uh, that you yeah. know they made tons and tons of money by uh, you know manipulating people, people. To, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, coming next week, we will talk news of the week, TV and movies of the week, another digital review of Venom Two. I'm going to guess Venom Two. No, what? I think it's just called Venom, isn't it? Is it Venom? Isn't it the sequel to Venom? I don't. I thought it was just called Venom. Okay, because Venom I have seen. Oh, is this okay. another? Is this another movie called Venom? Uh, is this called Venom? Let there be carnage. I guess. Yeah, that's number two. Yeah. So I guess it's a sequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then we will talk about Squid Game episode two that I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling this episode is going to be, you know, a lot more, I don't want to say action, but the fir first episode was, a, like I said, and when we talked about it, a lot of character build up. Mm -hmm. So now that we're in the game, I think we're going to, it's going to be a lot more go, go, go. Yeah. Anything interesting in the Jeremy round from your point of view? I mean, I guess the first thing we got to talk about is the G Gabby Petito insanity that, that like is sweeping the internet um, nation yeah she has been confirmed dead uh but the internet definitely helped like the internet space seemed to be focused on finding uh, this woman and her fiance right who i mm. has not been found as far as i know as of yet um but i i guess the speculation is that he may have killed her and possibly took off or committed to some people are speculating that he took off to another country what do you think about that mm -hmm. maybe i don't know uh, yeah uh, I, I saw the full utah body cam video that was interesting i saw a little bit i don't think i saw the whole thing i well I, oh yeah no at least i, I saw, saw part highlights. of it okay yeah um yeah i the other thing is that possibly his his family like assisted in him escaping or getting away or you know uh if he's gone uh he, he was at their house for like a week or something so it's it, the whole story is like really crazy uh and very sad yeah uh i think it's definitely yeah it's 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 a strange thing but i'm also happy to see that the internet for once like got together 
and just like worked as a I mean, it happens every once in a while where a case will get yeah. broken by like uh, some, you know, Reddit, which is pretty much what happened here. And uh, there's some some serious people on on those certain sites are very serious about uh, tracking people down and stuff, which sometimes is terrible and sometimes works out in very good ways, right? Uh, should we talk about HG coming back? Oh sure, yeah. Uh... They just did the show, and they barely even referenced Trisha. I was a little in the beginning, yeah. But uh, not as much as he would like to. I think he's being held a little back by his wife, probably. Uh, I think now the big thing that I saw this morning on Deaf Noodles is she's... There was a video that came out from her. She deleted like thousands and thousands of videos off her channel. And Mm. one that she deleted, people, somebody had saved or whatever because it's the internet. And they had it, and uh, it was her making fun of that one girl, the young young woman who was like dating this older man or whatever. And then on the podcast, she was like back backing her or whatever. And then in this old video, it's clear she's making fun of her. It's, you know... Trisha is not consistent. We we all know that, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's that's kind of the thing that I, I I kind of understand from from everybody's like point of view is that, and that that is my biggest criticism for her as well, is that she's never been consistent in anything she does. Right. She goes she... like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and then. She's making these uh, Darman style videos, which a lot of people are making fun of her for. Um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that she's doing all at once that just make her look bad. Uh, did you see that Britain, uh, because they left the EU, is considering reverting back to the imperial weight and measurement system of pounds, uh, of pounds, <laughs> and like feet and stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's like. Uh. I don't even like using it in America, even though it's like what I use all the time. Uh, yeah. It's not as easy, right? If I, if I, I, I wish in my brain I was used to using the metric system, but I'm not. I just think it's funny that mm. for some reason they're like, oh, we might as well go back to the imperial system because we're no longer in the EU. I don't know. It's just strange. Why would you do that? I doubt they will. I bet it doesn't happen. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't really have anything interesting to talk about. Something on Donald Trump on Newsmax said something about uh, predicting that America will end in three years. Uh, what did he say? End? Yeah. Uh, okay. Our country has gone really downhill in the last eight months, like nobody's ever seen before, he suggested. And you go to see these elections coming up in 2022. And- 2024 and we're not going to have a country left the election was rigged and we're not going to have a country left in three years i'll tell you that is what he said okay yeah uh yeah i'm not sure if that uh will hold uh ahead uh to be honest i don't think it's easy to destroy uh, united states of america many people have tried before but right you yeah. don't think Donald Trump's capable of it? Probably not. Uh, and then this <laughs> this anonymous the anonymous hack that we 
talked about possibly talking about in the news, but we didn't really have enough stuff. But I'm seeing now there's a Washington Post article that just came out um, a little bit ago, uh, like an hour ago. So uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, okay. It's Well, I'll read a little bit of it here. QTAC reveals embarrassing details of who's behind Proud Boy and Far Right websites. Uh, the Epic is the domain service provider for things like QAnon theorists, um, extremist researchers, and political opponents have treated this anonymous leak as the Rosetta Zone to the far right, helping to, to decode uh, what and who have been doing this over the last several years. So yeah, they they released all the names and stuff of all the people who are running these far right websites and who's behind the P Proud Boys. Uh, they provide service to 8chan. Uh, they provide service to Parler. They provide service to Gab. So yeah, this is a big story. Uh, it yeah. says that it could take months, uh, if not more, to sort through all the information that was... It says 150 gigabytes of data. So. Wow. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next week more, because I'm sure we'll, there'll be a ton of shit to talk about about that. <laughs> Uh, Netflix has said they are making a documentary about Britney Spears and her father. Somebody already... Who made... I, it wasn't... I guess it was a Nef Hulu did one, didn't they? Did it? I, somebody did uh, that one... Mm. The, that Britney document, Or maybe it was ABC. Who did the documentary that was like the first one that really bring into light the whole controversy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, speaking Britney or holding Britney or right. something. Yeah, I think it was. I think that was Hulu. I could be wrong. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I found the trailer for it, but yeah, that really will be interesting. Anyway, uh, I think we should say good night. Okay. And goodbye. Good night and good, or or good day or whatever whatever time or... it is when you're listening to this. <laughs> okay. Uh, see you all next week. Bye bye. Good morning. Bye bye, everybody. Another di another digital another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Citizen.